time for Cigar Talk, the fastest growing cigar show in the nation. Whether you're a new cigar enthusiast or a cigar aficionado, we have something for everyone. Bringing you the best interviews, cigar reviews. So grab yourself a cigar. It's time to light them up! Boom! Welcome back to Cigar Talk. I'm your host, Rob Jones. We got the 49er fan <laughs> in the studio, Brian Falconer. How's it going, bro? Man, I'm doing good. Doing good, You bro. ready for the game? Most definitely. I mean, I'm excited. Me too. It, like And anxious. It's, it's like, well, f- dude, don't even give me some anxious bullshit. <laughs> the Cowboys are in the second playoff game. That hasn't happened in... <laughs> Since my son was born. <laughs> you know, it's going to be all right, man. You know what I mean? It's, it's really like, right. don't tell me you're anxious. Y'all dude, made it to a Super Bowl. Yeah, dude, they've been talking all week since you, since the Cowboys won. Oh, the 49ers don't have a chance. This, uh, this, this, this. And I'm like, really? Dude, I'm like. How did they go from the scariest team in the playoffs to the Cowboys win and we got a problem now? I was like, when did this happen? And so, you know what I said? I said, okay, I'm going to shut my mouth. Dude, here's the thing, I'm though. I'm going to shut my mouth. Nobody in the entire NFL has a, like, more powerful marketing department. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We know. Like, on that jacket, in case you guys don't know, he's wearing a satin red <laughs> San Francisco uh, zip jacket. And But uh, Cowboys branding is so powerful. If you look on the tag on the inside, it says made by the Cowboys. <laughs> I wouldn't deny that knowing Jerry Jones. <laughs> but, like, uh, <laughs> you mean I can make money selling their shit? Yeah, Sign me up. I, just make money? Okay, I'm there. Yeah. That's, so. that's Jerry Jones. Anyway, let's get back on track. Yes. We are doing Cigar Talk. This yes, is sir. not cigar sports balls, so we're going to try to stick to some of the sports conversation. Balls. We've got a big show coming up. Yes, sir. Like, way bigger than what I had planned. Yes, and sir. you know what? Sometimes it happens, and it just, boom, you go with it. Most definitely. So, a few things we're going to talk about uh, throughout the show. One will give you a lineup and let you know what we're going to be doing. And so, we're going to cover the history of cigars in the Europe that's one of the things I found very interesting this week. Uh-huh. And then uh, I'll also be giving my prediction of the cigar market for the next 25 years. I'm like Nostra fucking Domus. <laughs> Got you, bro. So we'll see. You know, because I figure 25 years from now, I'll be dead. Who's going to bitch? <laughs> you remember that what that guy said? Yeah. Back then. <laughs> he didn't know what he was talking about. It's <laughs> like, he's dead. And we so, got two other topics we're going to be Yeah, yeah, yeah. About. And Bryant's going to jump on the uh, bandwagon and actually do something productive. Wow. Woo! Wow. So we're going that route today. I didn't say a word. <laughs> Cowboy fan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do, gotta, man. Gotta dig yeah. where I can. Where they can. <laughs> we'll be also talking about dry boxing and the 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 legend of the black ghost. The legend of the black ghost, which I'm going to tell you right now, is not the Gurkha cigar. <laughs> True. Nowhere near a cigar yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. And Gurkha. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Here we go. Just saying. Here we go. So let's let's dive in. Tell everybody what we're smoking. 
I am smoking the Room 101 farce. Are you serious? Well, dude, what a traitor. <laughs> Why would you bring that garbage in here? You oh, my gosh. Matt Booth. <laughs> you gave it to me. Matt what, are you talking Booth? About? what are you talking about? You, you know gave what? it to me. It's, you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. That's been in my humidor right there for over a year, and, and I wasn't going to smoke them. So I was like, you know what? We need to get rid of them. So I figured it's smoking good. You, you would like it. So <laughs> you know what? Jack's Rocks, he loves Room 101? Yeah. I was going to say something else, but yeah, that's good. <laughs> room 101. I, you can thank me, Jack. <laughs> room 101. <laughs> so let me tell you something. Uh, first of all, I'm smoking the 5 Vegas yeah. Natural. Yes. And this cigar has actually been in my humidor for a year. We now cannot say that Rob doesn't have culture because he is matured. For him to leave something in his humidor purposely for a year, is amazing. It's amazing. We know how you used to dog me out when I'd leave a stick in there for like six, seven months. It took you that long to smoke it? I smoke it. Listen to him. He left that in there a year. How long did you leave, how long did you leave the uh, Roma Crafts? The 2020, uh, what was it, 2021? I think the, the, I mean, I finished them uh, in December. So May but, to December's, I still had cigars in yeah. December. Yeah. So, I mean, that's very rare oh, very. for me. You know, uh, I used to just tear through whatever oh, yeah. I had with no regard. He's not, like, you know what? Him I want to fucking smoke that. I'm going <laughs> to smoke it. You know what I mean? And now, like, like, even last night, we were doing a herf, and, you know, my uh, Frigidor from Case Elegance, like, that's where my padrones are yeah and so there's padrones that have been in there already for like over a month yeah and cool. i looked at them and i was like no See, not gonna smoke the maturity listen, smoke listen to it folks i'm gonna I mean, i smoked something else that was really good but oh. i was like you know what i set out a plan when i i, I decided yeah. that eventually that whole top drawer is going to be nothing but padrones oh yeah, well, there's going to be a lot be, of Padrones. Yeah. <laughs> and that's going to be amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, and they're not all going to be, you know, anniversary. I mean, yeah. so it'll be one. They don't have one. 2000, 3000, 4000, 5000. 1000. 1001, 1002. So, anyway, what I was going to say, though, last night, uh, we did a herf and we played poker. And I had uh-huh. the game on. I mean, I was like a triple hat. What yeah. do you call that? A triple tri- header. No, a uh, trick. Trifecta. Hat trick. Hat Boom. Trick. I knew I could do it eventually. Uh, it, was, it was hockey talk. Go yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, did you ever watch hockey? I only watched the blues because I was in St. Louis. Well, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, were you a, I was, a I was blues a, fan? I, no, I was a fight fan. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, whenever I lived there, we went to go see them, and I wow. I loved it. And then, wow. dude, Brett Hall was At just, that time, yeah. yeah that's, what, that's what you would actually look at the blues for was Brett Hall. Dude. And then- Pronger. I moved him. back- and then they brought him to the Dallas the Stars. Yeah. He was older, and he had lost a little bit, but he was still badass. So, And I'm not a big hockey fan, but I became a little bit of a hockey fan whenever I was living in St. Louis. Ain't nothing wrong with that because St. Louis, St. Louis is, first of all, baseball Cardinals town. There's to, 
to St. Louis and truly Missourians on the east side. That's the only thing that exists is the St. Louis Cardinals. Number two was the Blues. That's one of the reasons why Gronky said he had to move the Rams out of that because they weren't getting, you know, the fan base that he thought, which was a lie anyway. But you you either a Cardinals fan or nothing. And then the Blues. I went and saw the Cardinals. Yeah. Which one? At the old stadium or the new one? Well, it was back in, in the 90. It was in 91, so you tell yeah, me. Yeah, the old stadium. Yeah. It's the old stadium. So you got to go to old Bush, too. And Yeah, yeah. It was Bush Stadium. Yes, I don't know if the new one is. It, but, it is. But. Uh, yeah, and I sat three rows back from first base. Wow. You had some good seats, bro. Yeah. The girl that uh, was, <laughs> I was dating, her mother was one of the VPs at... Anheuser Busch. Oh, so yeah, she had good seats. <laughs> it's part of the job. Yeah, I'm telling you because guys that work, I mean, just laborers that they get seats and they are great seats, man. Yeah, I You're was blown like, away. Like, dude. Wow. Hey, and I'll tell you because she was spoiled to going all the time. Uh huh. And I want to say like the fifth inning, you know, they're getting beat like one to three. Mm-hmm. And she's like, ah, let's go. And I was like, no. I want to see the end. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I didn't come up here to watch five innings. <laughs> and so anyway, in the bottom of the ninth, we had two people on base and a dude swang crack and it broke his bat in half and the big half went just like a, a, a UFO uh-huh. right at the pitcher and he had the duck <laughs> and so he missed the ball and we won in the bottom of the ninth and I was like see if we would have left you wouldn't have seen this yeah I was like yeah nah so anyway it's it's you know what I, I found out most of all uh-huh. was I can't be I I I couldn't date rich people. Oh, <laughs> they were like mm. they, they they don't have the 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 fervor that we have. When you know when you're poor and you go to a game, I paid for this. I'm gonna watch. Every, I'm not leaving until the to the janitors come out. <laughs> I paid for all of this, but I understand, man. I, Cardinals games, man. I, I I've gone to so many Cardinals games, and it's like I never even. I'm like you, even if they're losing in the seventh inning, I'm staying to the ninth because I loved watching them play, man. I went The last game I went to was 15, 2015. Yeah, my daughters got tickets for my birthday, and they came up here, and I, I took them back to St. Louis with me. We went to the game. It was the same feeling that I had when I was a kid, man. It's just like being there. You and, know what? You know what? You know what really keeps that? feeling going what's that is like whenever they're not actually playing the game at the moment uh-huh. they're like goofing off yes, throwing throw the, yeah. doing stuff you and, know what and, i mean and and it's and like that has not changed interacting with the stands and that's the beauty of it we was and my daughters didn't get she didn't get bad seats she didn't we were a third baseline we were on a third baseline and we were about two sections up Okay. Two, two sections up. And it was like you, everything, you, it looked natural. You know, you go higher, they get smaller and smaller. But it was like, oh, man, it, this looks like it looks on television. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, right. And it was just like, 
I have been I have been a part of that so long from the old Bush Stadium to the new Bush Stadium. It was just like let, let me tell you something. Same, what you man. just said about sitting in the second tier and uh-huh. it looking like it's supposed to, yeah. that's because you were poor also. Oh yeah. Oh, I know I was. <laughs> I know I was. You weren't used to sitting behind home plate. Dude, I went to Cardinals games because I saved my own money to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, how much tickets cost back then? Oh, it was like Two bucks? No, no, I'm just like messing with twenty some dollars, fifty man. cents. No, twenty some dollars, man. <laughs> it was about twenty some dollars. Yeah, and and, see, that, and dude, I mean that's great. Yeah, it, but you know, when I lived in Houston for twelve years, I went to a lot of Stroh's games, and we would buy ten dollar tickets off any you know Tom, Dick, and Harry selling them on the corner. Gotcha, gotcha. And then you know we our tickets like we're sitting on the fiftieth floor. <laughs> but and, you're there. But we no, we didn't go there. Yeah, you, we went right I'm down to about, the front. I'm not talking about there as in sitting there. You you're there in the stadium. Oh yeah, and then yeah. Every, we did this too. You look down below, what seats are still open? We'd give them like two innings, two to three innings. If oh, ain't yeah, nobody yeah, filling yeah, them yeah. seats in by the third well, we inning. Didn't, we, didn't, we didn't even show up to the game until like the end of the second inning. Oh. We're at the beginning of the third. So we're across go, the street at the bar. So you could go to go automatically just go down there. And so we would walk in, and there was usually three or four of us. And, you know, there's like a ticket checker standing at the entrance of each stairway going down to your seat. And you, we would walk by and just kind of eyeball where there would be like eight or nine seats open. Uh-huh. And then it'd be like, all right, go. And then so three of us would hold back like maybe five seconds. And one person would walk up to that person and be like, hey, I was supposed to be in uh, double E and blah, blah, blah. And could you give me something? And we would we'd go right, right down right to our seats. seats. And yeah. then he would walk by. And then I would walk up and go, hey, excuse me, ma'am. And then that other person would come, come down. Back. You're yeah. like, y'all would put in a distraction. Oh, guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, a like, to a T. To a T. Like Rover Red Rover. <laughs> now, we, but, uh, we'd dude, have to sneak a little bit better than that because even if we held conversations they were watching oh really <laughs> they were watching oh no i mean dude no yeah when we're talking though it's like i yeah, thought it po- was over yeah, there, you be pointing and, over there you know <laughs> I, was this no I, i'm pretty sure they're like no you know yeah we had to do a little bit more sneaking than that but it it was just the fun of going to the games like you say when we're done and you're leaving you have even more fun going back because we had to we catch the bus there and the bus back you know, on the bus ride, you full of Cardinals fans, man. You talking noise. And the best part was if we ever played the Cubs, because, you know, the Cardinals and the Cubs are like the 49ers and the Cowboys. I think I watched them play the Cubs oh, when I went. Oh, you talking about Cub fans being on the bus with a, with a bus full of Cardinals fans? Oh, you done made a mistake, partner. <laughs> you done made a mistake. You should have took that jersey off when you left the stadium and just had a, t- a white T-shirt on and nothing else. Because, dude. You talking about it's it's that same that com, not the camaraderie but that 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 rival you know that hated rival. Oh yeah, I've been, <sighs> trust me, I've been to Cowboy games here or here in Texas, uh-huh. and there were Washington fans. Ah, oh y'all, we tried to go to a Philly game uh, to see the Eagles play the Cowboys. First, we couldn't get the seats. And then watching the game and seeing what was going on in the stands, I was like, yeah, I'm glad I ain't there. <laughs> I'm glad because, dude, the Cowboys and the Phillies and the Eagles. And what stadium was it at? Here at oh. AT&T Stadium. Yeah, it's not good. Oh, no. And same thing with the Washington fans. Ooh, so anyway, let's get back on track. Yeah, let's get back to the. Uh, let's see. We're going to jump on uh, Case Elegance. That's our sponsor. 
And uh, McAuliffe Cigars is our sponsor. Look down the show notes, and show notes, you notes. will have a link for Case Elegance. Use the code CT Smoke, and that will get you a discount, 10%. Yes, sir. And I got to tell you, if you don't have a humidor that, you know what? In fact, I was going to start their segment a little bit different. And so let me back up. Pretend you didn't hear any of that. Perfect. If your humidor is shit <laughs> and you need a new humidor, you need to freaking go to Case Elegance and get a real humidor because that's what they make. They make yes. quality. They make a product that is going to be nice. It's going to look good. It's going to feel good. <sighs> Aesthetically, they're beautiful. They are. And then when you find but, but out. But not that just the, aesthetically. The, when that's you, where I was going. Oh, oh, and oh. then when you find out that the, the quality reaches that same level you're like hold up and then you look at the price and then you look at the customer service oh you're like wait a minute because i'm going to tell you right now there is not a single company out there that delivers perfection no but you know what i appreciate is a company that's trying to striving and when they don't deliver perfection they take care of it mm-hmm like they would, uh-huh. they would prefer that you not ever even have to call them, email them. They want your experience to be perfect. But if it's not, they want to hear from you and they want to take care of it for you. So anyway, use the code CT smoke and get a discount and, uh, Buy yourself a real humidor. Anyway, uh, after the break, we have a great interview coming up yes, later sir. in the show, too, with Becca Glover. Oh, shit. Okay. No, no, no. Never mind. <laughs> I forgot something. Anyway. <laughs> hey, you know what that was? That was me thinking yes. out loud. <laughs> His mind was like, wait a minute. We said that out loud. He's like, oh, never Sorry mind. about that, folks. Anyway, uh, great interview with Becca. She is a lounge manager and a cigar influencer. And so she uh, tells us about her experience, how it is at the lounge, how it is, how she got there. That was cool. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the subjects that uh, we talked about earlier. And we're going to do the McAuliffe Minute. So let's jump right into. Oh, and what are we drinking today? (laughs) Tea. 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 Unsweet. Yeah. You know, can't be drinking every day. It's not. That's not true. <laughs> it's not good for you. That's all. I yeah, it's not good for you. It's not good so, for hey, you know what's funny is uh, I got a text message, a group message, and you know, old man Bill. Uh-huh. He sent out a message that had some article showing that like drinking is bad for you, like really bad for you. And I sent him like three articles I found that said alcohol is good for you. <laughs> and then he sent back Rob. That's. All in moderation. <laughs> he said, I said swallowing. <laughs> and you want to send me an uh, article about sipping. No, it's not the same. Booyah. And we know you don't sip. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's jump into the pick six. Most definitely. We usually do that at the end. We're going to do it now. Yes, sir. Me first. Go. <laughs> I went first last time. No, I went first. No, I don't think so. Yeah. My uh, number one this week is going to be the uh, Romacraft Wonderlust. And I received dude, this. Dude, you have been smoking those like you're some rich dude. No, and that was the last one. All right. And I hate it. But it was 
I I just wanted that 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 flavor. I wanted that experience, and today was a good day for it. And I was like, I got to put this on my list. I got to. It bumped another stick off of my list. Wow! Because you know, <laughs> Roman Craft know what they're doing. Knows what they're doing when it comes to the Wonderlust. Number two was a Perdomo twentieth anniversary. Number three. Whoa, I, whoa, 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 whoa. Back up. What would you say? Pedermo 20th anniversary. Oh, is it the Maduro? Yeah. Okay, cool. I have. You know what? I have not smoked one of those in eons. Yeah, you need to go back, bro. I, you know what? Take that, that walk it's back. That, it's, it's that bigger ring gauge. Yeah, I know that's with you, yeah, but you'll enjoy it. If they made that like in a 52, mm. I would be all over it. But- I enjoyed it. <laughs> All right. And my last one this week, I went back because I've been seeing a few guys smoking them this week. And I said, let me let me take that walk back and see how it actually was again. I went back to the Definition Cigars walking stick. Oh, now which one is the that's, walking that's stick? The one that's that's the, the white? No, the Lancero with the black uh, ribbon across it. Mm, I don't know if I've had that one. You might not have because you, it's you know, like a we, Lancero yeah, or we, something. Yeah, we know how you go on a, on that Vitola Lancero Vitolas. You're not really cool with it, so. But it's a good stick, man. It really is. And the, the thing that hit off first was that licorice taste, that black licorice taste, and then it just mellowed back into the woods and everything. I was like, man, yeah, it's still a good stick, and I, I really appreciate it. And that was my three this week, bro. Hey, good three, man. I wish, I really wish that I could do the Perdomo in a 52 or really a 50. Talk to him. You know, you got it. You got those relationships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm not willing to do face. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I draw the line yeah. somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> So uh, my week has been good. I uh, went back to an oldie buddy goodie okay. for me, and that was the gesture by, uh, you know, Viva La Viva. Viva, La Viva. Great cigar. Yes, and then this was a gift. I had saved this for a while, too. This was a Christmas gift from Sean. Here we go. Oh, the uh, what's the name of that? Yeah, oh, the Aganorsa Leaf, yeah. and it is the uh, Nicaragua Supreme Leaf. Mm. And that's a great stick, it man. Is. And I even really liked the Vitola on that. It was like yeah. a Toro, but it was a semi-box press. Uh, really good. Really good. And then I'm going to round up this week's list with the uh, Sin Compromiso. That's a good list. That, you know what? That's a bad smoke. That's you a got a good thing. list this week, yeah, bro. you know. You got a good list this I've week. I've been mixing it up. <laughs> and mixing it up with saved cigar. Hey, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have Becca Glover. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, thanks for hanging through the break. We have a special guest with us. We have Becca Glover, and she is a cigar lounge manager, and she's also an Instagram influencer in the cigar industry. So welcome to the show, Becca. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I just lit up a cigar, so I'm always doing good when that happens. And I got a cigar here I'm smoking I bet you never heard of. Oh, what's that? I'm going to hold it up and see if you can see it. Can you see it all? It's uh, called the Red Tip. Oh, no, I have not. So this is a very interesting cigar because the bands 
actually came from a cigar manufacturer that was making cigars in the very early 1900s, like the 1918-20 era. And wow. uh, do you know who Stogie Bird is? Uh, no, I don't think I do. Uh, they're a subscription uh, service. But anyway, the owner. Oh. oh, now you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he bought up all these bands from all these companies that went out of business, like in the 20s and 30s. And he found these huge boxes full of brand new bands still wrapped in the cellophane. Of course, these are not yeah. the original blend and cigar. So I didn't really know what to expect, but I was like, mm -hmm. I dig the old retro band. So I bought mm -hmm. a box and I put them in my humidor and I just opened them a year later, like last week. And they have that's been cool. fantastic. I was about to say, that's a really cool story. I like that. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, like something that. totally different. And he's got a whole sampler pack. I also bought one of those and it was like 20 different cigars with 20 different bands all wow. the way from like 1895 to 1920 something. But it was really cool. Wow. Yeah. That is really cool. I and, love that. And as I smoked it, I was going to save all the bands and put them like in a picture frame. And then I yes. ended up throwing them all away. Because oh, I don't got time it for happens. that crap. I was about to say, I collect bands myself. And that's one of probably the hardest parts is that like in my humidor right over here, I actually have literally a stack of them that's just sitting in there. And then when I get a wild hair, I'll take them all out. But then I just fill it back up again. It's just a constant <laughs> keeping up with paper, basically. Right. I, I, yeah. I collected bands way back in the day and mm -hmm. I was running out of room. Same thing mm -hmm. with cigar boxes. I throw away a lot of boxes. Yeah. Yeah. I try to give them away, you know, it's like, hey, you need a box yeah. or something. And a lot of people like them. Um, like we here in the in the humidor, we actually, once a, a box is finished, we put them on our patio and then people will come and they buy them for $5. And sometimes it's like an opus box or like a special box and people will jump all over that. But a lot of people like them just to like keep stuff in or put their cigars in it or whatever they do with it. Um, so yeah, yeah I've, I you know what I use them for, and I always have at least three or four empty boxes. I put a Bovetta pack in them, and when I go out of town, I throw mm -hmm. all my sticks in there and just use it as a travel humidor. Travel humidor, perfect. I love that. The less I have to have, the better. So enough about what I'm doing and smoking. What are you smoking? I'm actually smoking one of our house cigars. Oh, nice. It's the Sigali number three. I'll show you the band. I know it's not. Oh, very uh, nice. Medium. But, um, yeah, it's a Nicaraguan binder and filler. And then the uh, wrapper is the Honduras Broadleaf. So ah. it's just a really good go-to. Got a little, it's probably kind of medium with a little spice, but not anything over the top. Right. It's just a good, easy smoke. Uh, it sounds consistent. like a great stick. Now, tell everybody yeah. where you're the manager of uh, what lounge. Okay. So I am the lounge manager of a Davidoff Lounge here in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, it's called Havana Fields, and um, we've been at this location. So we actually, the building itself is divided into two parts. We're all one, but, like, we have a, a cigar humidor store, and then we have the, the lounge where you come, obviously, smoke. And uh, it's a members-only lounge, so it's very exclusive. It's a super chill vibe, just real, like, that's where I'm at right now. So it's, like, just really quiet, just kind of peaceful, laid back. 
And um, so, yeah, we just. And how long have you uh, been doing that? So I've been the lounge manager for a little over a year. Well, no, excuse me. I've been here for a year, a little over a year. I've been a lounge manager since October. So it's newer to me as far as the management part. Um, But but you've worked there for a year. I mean, is that your first cigar uh, employment? Yes. So I did start smoking cigars before I came here. Um, But then once I started here, I started to kind of explore and expand my palate. And uh, but this is the first cigar lounge that I that I've ever been employed at. Very cool. Well, you know, I think that is I just think it's a great opportunity for anyone like to go work at a lounge, like to, to gain the experience from doing that. Like you, if if you're a customer and you go into a lounge every day, you will not get the same experience as if you manage or work or whatever at a cigar shop. Totally right. different experience. Oh yeah, and it's even different for me. Like I, what I love to do in my spare time is I like to smoke cigars and and drink bourbon or just try different things. And so what I actually do is travel around. I like to. I don't always like to come here because I'm here a lot. So. I like to kind of venture out and like try other lounges and you do get that other experience. It's that customer experience. And it's not like I go in there and say, Hey, I am going to allow, I just go in there as another person and sit and enjoy. And you just, you learn a lot, but you also get to experience it in a different way. And it's always a different vibe, a totally different experience, which I enjoy. So. Yeah. When I go to other cigar lounges, I don't tell them I'm with cigar talk. Yeah. I want to yeah. go and just enjoy the experience the mm-hmm. way others do. And exactly. it's like, usually, though, after I do that, I'll talk about your lounge on the show, usually in a positive, positive way. And right. so, but yeah, going in there and just being one of the regular consumers is very mm-hmm. enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So how did you get like into when, cigars in the first place? Honestly, I, um, it's not a very interesting story. That's what I always say. I woke up one day and I said, I want to try cigars. I don't know. Well, what that's it was. interesting in itself. Who does that? <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, I just, it literally, that's exactly how it happened. I put my feet on the floor <laughs> that day and then I like walked into this, this store, our store over there. And, um, Philip, who is the president of the company, he's the one that hired me on actually later. But um, he, you know, I was like, hey, I, I don't know what I'm doing. It's, you know, it, it is intimidating to walk into a humidor. I had zero idea what I liked, what I thought I liked, anything. I didn't know anything about it. Um, so, tell me, so tell me tell me, that experience when you decided I'm going to go smoke. So you went to a cigar shop mm-hmm. and like walk me through what that looked like. I mean, it's your first time to ever walk into a cigar shop, right? And we have a mm-hmm, lot of mm-hmm. new people listening to the show. And so yeah. how did you navigate that experience? And then like, how did it work out for you? Well, so for me, navigating it um, initially, so I came in here initially, the first time I ever came in here, I came in here and I sat at the bar. I was like a guest of a member and we sat at the bar and I had a drink, but I didn't smoke. And so that was like, probably a few weeks prior to me actually coming in here and saying, okay, I want to try to smoke. So, but once I came in here to try to smoke, uh, it, it's just a little intimidating. You walk into this humidor, there's all these cigars. I don't know what to ask you for. I don't know what to tell you I like because I don't know. So, um, honestly, for me, I just, I'm not afraid of sounding dumb or feeling stupid because I don't, like, I always use the saying, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So, 
I don't know about it, but I want to know. So, and, and honestly, everyone's always willing to teach you something. Some people probably less than others, but I walked in, they were super nice. And I told them, I said, they're like, what do you like? I said, I have no clue. <laughs> you know? So they walk you to like that first, the starter stage, like the, uh, it was Java actually. And, um, so I'd have a pretty bold palette, but you still don't want to start out with a full body cigar. So they started me there. Um, and I did try, it. I wasn't a huge fan. So I kind of like left it alone, came back a couple weeks later. And I was like, okay, that didn't work for me. And so they're like, okay, let's do, I was like, I want to buy a couple. So let's do this, this, and this. And so from there, we just kind of expanded. It turned out really well. I mean, obviously, uh, the second time when I got a group of cigars, uh, I got, uh, it was an Avo, a, uh, I actually got the Sigali, and then I got My Father the Judge. So, okay, and I preface this by saying, I told them, I said, my palate is a lot more bold. That I don't want flavor, I want bold, and I want it to pack a punch. So, so that's kind of where we started. Are you like a big fan of like spicy foods and stuff like that? It's funny because I'm actually not. I'm very vanilla with my food. Really? Um, I don't mind spice. Yeah, but I prefer like a really full, like I drink, well, it's kind of embarrassing, but I drink like eight shots of espresso a day. It's an insane amount of caffeine, but just like bold. Like I just like just straight espresso. I like a full body wine. So like when it comes to those things, I just like, that's where I like my flavor. I like it to really pack a punch. I like it to feel like I'm doing something that it's, there's a reason why you're doing it. So I don't know what well, It sounds sense, to but. me like when you're partaking in one of your vices, you want to get the yes. maximum effect. <laughs> the most bang for your buck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that's, that's like, you know, on my bourbon shelf up here, uh, last mm-hmm. night we were doing the show and... We were drinking the Knob Creek nine year single barrel select and it's 120 proof. And it's like, yeah. and it's nice because it doesn't really feel like 120. It's really more like 105, I would say. But mm-hmm. I'm always, I want to start at 100 and yes, whatever. I'm, I'm with you on that. And you know what I mean? It's like, if I can find a bourbon that is 120, 130 that drinks like it's 105, I'm totally down with that. I do not want to drink a bourbon that's 115 that feels like 180. Yes, yes, exactly. I'm right there with you on that. I, for bourbons, I typically like um, our house bourbon here is actually it's Old Forester 100 proof. I honestly enjoy Old Forester all Old the way. Old Forester like, across the board is solid. Fantastic. Yeah. It's a great go to. I love uh, Russell Single Barrel. Oh, yeah. That's like what, 112, 100. Something like that. It's, it's up. I mean, you know, it's over a hundred and the burn on that is it's so smooth on the back. It's just easy, but you're not like slamming them either. You know what I mean? So it's like a, yeah, at least we shouldn't be slamming them. Right. right. I mean, some that sometimes things happen. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but, so anyway. were you a bourbon person before you started smoking cigars or did that evolve with the pairings? That actually evolved. Um, so I can't remember what I did um, initially and why I even really started out into bourbon. Oh, no, I do. I do know. Um, so when I came here, after I like figured out that I like smoking cigars, I would come here and visit. And the uh, young lady behind the bar at the time, she uh, 
makes a great old fashioned. And like I said, our house bourbon here is old Forster hundred proof. So you've got that, you've got that strong bourbon, uh, strong bourbon. And then you've got that, like a little bit of orange bitters and they, it's not over sweet here. We use maple syrup, but we use a very tiny amount. So it kind of gives you that, like, you know, it gives you those ta- that taste for it. And so, um, but I understood even when I was drinking an old fashioned that it's not something that you necessarily mix. Do you know what I mean? But it's a good, easy way into it, if that makes any sense. Um, and so that's just kind of where it evolved. And then when I started working here is when I started kind of developing a palate for like tasting different things and understanding what different things taste like. Cause you know, people say they're oaky and they're this. And, and honestly, I'm not, uh, you know, well-versed on technicalities and stuff like that. I'll taste something and I'll tell you what I taste is not, but, uh, that's just kind of how I explored that. So. Hey, well, so, I mean, I used to, I mean, one time I thought I would never drink bourbon, you know, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, I, that's I don't know why anyone would drink it. And now that is mm-hmm. pretty much all I drink. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really, it is. I don't, I just don't drink anything. I don't even drink mixed drinks. It's like, I like bourbon. I love it with cigars. Mm-hmm. And I really mm-hmm. only drink if I'm smoking cigars. Yes. Um, that's not necessarily the case with me, but like I said, what I enjoy doing in my spare time is smoking cigars and drinking bourbon. Now I will say, I also love, I go through, there's, I go through different swings. Like I like something, sometimes I like something a little bit more bubbly. That's actually what I've got here today. I've got a, um, it's a twist. So we make our own vodka, Havana Bills vodka. Um, and I've got that in bubbles cause I'm just, for whatever reason, I'm in the mood for bubbles these days. So I've got like a twist on a French 75. It's with vodka instead of gin. Um, but, and then I'll go through moods. Like I, uh, also am a tequila girl, but I like tequila neat. Um, now what kind of tequila do, do you drink? Cause I, I can't stand tequila, but really? I only drank tequila back when I was younger and I was drink, drinking, you know, the, I don't even remember Jose Cuervo and that kind mm-hmm, of tea. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're drinking? You're not drinking that. Are you? Oh no. And I'll t- be honest, even, even now I'll smell Patron and it makes me want to, Reminds me of college when you're like shooting tequila and licking the lives and whatever. Um, but now I like um, Herradura. It's the Ultra Añejo. And it is, when I tell you, it is, first of all, it's clear, which completely threw me off the first time I ever like had it. I was like, wow, this is a, it's a clear tequila, but it's Añejo and it's Ultra Añejo. But anyways, very, very smooth. It's, um, it's so smooth that you just sit and you just enjoy it like a bourbon. Um, and then, uh, there was, I just had a tequila that, um, Philip bought me for my birthday, which was just in December. It's called Comos, K-O-M-O-S. It's also an extra Añejo. Very smooth, just like, uh, and honestly for that one, and I haven't looked into it. I think I did briefly, but I can't remember anything. And it's like, uh, the way it finishes reminds you of a whiskey. It's very weird, very strange, very weird to say it, but it is a wonderful tequila. So I really don't do tequila. And I think the last time I did, I had the Padron and it was, you know, it's Padron. I don't, I'm not a fan, but anyway, so do they do tequilas at all? Like they do with uh, bourbons or scotches and do them like they finish them in a different like maybe a whiskey barrel? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I, and I'm not certain on the Comos. I could be completely wrong, 
Um, I believe they do finish that in, in a different type of barrel. There is also a tequila that we sell here. It's like Grand Coralejo or something like that, but it's finished in a rum barrel. So it's a very interesting tequila, very, very smooth. It's not something I ever really order, but it's a tequila that sips. Um, you just don't, when you sip it, you're not, you don't feel like you're drinking tequila. It finishes very much on that sweeter rum side. Like it's very, very good. So yes, they do do tequilas like that. Uh, I'm not See, like now I would well be interested in it, maybe trying something like that, mm-hmm. but like yeah. just, have you ever had mezcal? Do you mm-hmm. like that? I'll be honest. I'm not a fan. The smoke and the smoke reminds me. The smoke in a mezcal reminds me like of the peat in a scotch, and I'm just not a fan. It okay, just makes good, me good. Because like I've had a sip of that. Somebody was like, "Oh, this isn't like tequila at all," and I was like, "Okay." And yeah. then I tried it. I was like, "That reminds me exactly of tequila." Yeah, yeah. It's uh, that's not for me. But no. it, you know, it is. It is what it is. Whichever so. bottle he had, it instead of a worm in the bottom, it had a dead scorpion in the bottom. Oh, I feel well. I don't know what that is right off, but I feel like I've seen something like that. But yeah, very I'm like, interesting. Yeah, it's <laughs> interesting, but it's not good. So let me. Ask, <laughs> so you are on Instagram. You have a big following, and you were an influencer on the cigar side. Now, do you also influence on the spirit side? Um, I don't necessarily that cause it wasn't where I started. So it took me a while to, um, cause I'm very much homegrown self-made. And so it's, it was, it took me a while to understand that it was, this is kind of, so for a long time, I like, I wanted to do the social media thing and I'm not saying that it's a full-time gig by any means, but you know, you wanted to, I wanted to be more influential on there. And so expanding to, uh, when I started cigars, it was more like I would, get a good photo and then you do all these things and then so it just kind of grew from there and then so then I realized oh this is your niche like this is this is what you're gonna do right um so I didn't initially start out as like bourbon and cigars um there's a couple people on there that are that way and I think I could incorporate it in it's just I never a lot of times when I smoke or film my content it's on the job like right before or during my shift and you don't drink on the job before Exactly. So it's like one of those things where it's, you know, it's, it's not always, I mean, I could fake it, but it's just a lot more extra effort that because I'm not actually doing it, it's hard for me to fake it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. And it's no fun to fake it. You know what I mean? It's no, like, especially I wanna, now you got a good bourbon. Right. Your face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so like what has working at the lounge, managing the lounge and becoming an influencer like done for you? Like is it like a whole new career you never even thought about or is it like something that's just for fun? Like what level of intent do you have? So it's funny because I'm one of those people that I never really set out for any of this. Um, but when I started here, I realized very quickly that this was absolutely something that I love to do. But in my mind, I didn't know how to make that fit into my life, right? I didn't understand what it could be. I was open to all the possibilities, but I wasn't certain on what that could turn into for me, right? So I was here and then I was here for, let's see, a little over a year. And then that's when I got the opportunity to become the lounge manager. And so when that happened, it was kind of like, it was something that you never, like I never, if you'd asked me that when I started, I would have never known 
Uh, but that is so, it goes completely hand in hand now where I'm at. Um, I'm very serious about it. And that's exactly what I wanted. I wanted, uh, because I want to be in the cigar industry so bad and I want to expand and whatever that looks like, I'm not super certain. Uh, but I knew that it would be here with Havana Fields. And I knew that being, you know, a part of a Davidoff lounge that I could use that and have a hobby, but also have a career and a passion. So it all kind of ties in. But I have a lot of intentions as far as growth. Like there's so much growth already and then there's so much to come. It's really, really, it's actually really cool. It's one of those really cool, beautiful little stories that just kind of blossoms and that's awesome. It's just continuing to. Yeah, and I think it's really cool. I, we actually tried to have you on the show. It's been about a year ago, actually, because yeah, it was TPE time. Mm-hmm. And so did, you didn't go to TPE last year, did you? No. Are you going this not. year? Um, I would like to. You need to go. Like to. Yeah. As, as an influencer um, alone, you should go because the opportunities to meet people are yes. just amazing. I went yes. last year. I won't go this year. I won't go again. I, I probably will never go again. It's like it was a mm-hmm. great experience, but we're a podcast. We're not selling cigars. Right. We're not. Se- right. You know what I mean? So I'm not. Right. It, it was it was just an experience I wanted to make. Now, I would love to go back to Vegas and just have fun. But maybe that'll happen someday. Right. But right. Yes. So I recommend that you go. And if you don't, I also recommend that you go to the PCA. If you can go, uh, I think that's a great place to be. Now, have you networked with any other influencers in the sector? Um, No, not necessarily or intentionally. I've never like collaborated with anybody or anything like that. As far as I've been on, um, I've been on another podcast but that's about as what was far it as called what was it called the burn down podcast oh the burn down um, those guys are good yeah um i've had them on my the, show actually really that's yeah. so cool yeah uh i was on i was on their show back in december and uh, so that was really cool for me and that was kind of when i understood that like there's more to this and it's it sounds silly but but because it's just this position, you don't really know what's available to to you. And I don't always know what to do. So when you, you know, you have these opportunities, especially first starting out, because I remember I had a, we were supposed to do a podcast. I don't remember exactly what happened, but um, I'm sure it was my fault because I, I didn't understand how it all worked. I didn't get, I didn't understand the capacity. And, it, the, uh, and I'll just you know, tell like you right now, it, it, you. it possibly could have been my fault too. I'm very irresponsible. I am too. And I, I, I literally just did not understand what this was. Um, and it's so funny because I'm glad, I mean, you know, looking back, I'm probably kind of glad because I just didn't know. So it just probably wouldn't have been. A and you've had interview. a lot more experience <laughs> in the year. So, right, right. And were you, right. you weren't even the manager of the lounge then. So mm-hmm. you've had all that experience. So let me ask you this. Like your lounge where you are, what is the demographic as far as men and women, the percentage ratio? Is it like 50-50 or is it 70-30 or is it 90-10? I would say 70-30 sounds like that's where I would hang my hat, but I think it's more 90-10. Yeah. Um, I mean, unfortunately, that is usually the way it is. Yeah, and it's. 
because we have like I think of automatically when you said that I I can name the the female members, um, at least the ones that come in all the time on their own. Like a lot of them are you know with their husbands and they'll come in and they enjoy it as well. But there's also that select group of women that come in because they like they like cigars, they like to drink, they like to hang out, and it's a good time. Um, but as far as like new new members or new females, it is, and that's why anytime a female comes in, we always like you know you want to make them feel comfortable because it, it is intimidating because I've been there, and it's also one of those things where you, you have to understand you don't have to come in here and smoke cigars if you don't want to because we're also a bar. But like this is a this is a group of people that we are all sharing something that we enjoy and it's just a good time. It's not it's not meant to be intimidating. We're not here to make you feel a certain way if you don't want to smoke or you know whatever it is. Um, so it's we love when women come in, but I would say probably more accurately it's ninety ten to be and, honest. And and I think that's probably in fact I would say most places it's probably more like ninety five to five. And I mean, when I look at our demographics for our show, that's our dem- uh, demographics is 95% men and 5% women. Yeah. But I, but I mean, if you would have done that yeah. 10 years ago, I think it would have been 99.5 and 0.5%. So it is growing yes. and it's not going to mm-hmm. change overnight. This is mm-hmm. a, you know, this is a lifestyle. I like to say that people get into and a lot of women have that stigma either about smoking or they have a stigma on what it's going to look like if they're seen smoking. Yes. And that is for me. um, No, I mean, I can't change how people feel or how what they think, because there are just some people that are that way. But I think sometimes when, when women especially understand they come in and they'll, see the lounge and they see how like relaxed it is it's a beautiful lounge and it's just super laid back and we everybody loves everybody we're just here hanging out um and some of us are smoking and you don't have to but if you want to and so they start to understand that oh this is not like this is not what i thought it was right and so it's just really really cool and sometimes a lot of times i've found like because if i have like a slow moment i'll light up a cigar behind the bar and smoke it and most times Almost, almost a hundred percent of the time, if a female is sitting at the bar and she's me a lot of the cigar, they're like, "Oh my god, you make that look so cool! I wish I could do that." And that's, but it's because it's that intimidation or that like, you know, um, ignorance is bliss. So it's like when you don't know, some people don't want to feel stupid, so they don't want to ask and they don't. And I'm like, "Oh, honey, let's get you a cigar!" Right, you know, like, and you're you're breaking you down that, that barrier that they're you know Absolutely. intimidated by because. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you said yourself earlier for women coming in it's intimidating i say that even for guys so if it's intimidating for a guy to come into a lounge and have a cigar maybe a cigar lounge he's never been to for a woman it's even more so because you walk in and it's mostly all guys now on the flip side of that a lot of women would have no idea but like a cigar lounge would be a great place to find a guy well, that's the thing, too. And that's one thing I always encourage, like, when we have women in here. Because when we have women in here, the men in here love when women are in here. Because they want to buy you a drink. Honey, come sit down. Or <laughs> like, buy you a cigar. Have a seat. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because you, it, so in, in general, the cigar community is very welcoming, very friendly. Mm-hmm. And so, it's like once you get over that intimidation level, 
it's so relaxing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's I, just breaking that up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I like like the lounge I go to. I mean, there's like three women I know that smoke regularly, whether mm-hmm. and they come by themselves. But mm-hmm. that is not the norm. I mean, it's very, very seldom. Yes. And I think it's, it's basically just the stigma. And because, you know, there's that stigma, first of all, that's like, oh, I don't smoke. And it's like right. my first yeah. response to that usually is I don't really smoke either. I puff. Yeah. I puff on cigars. <laughs> I used to smoke right. cigarettes in my youth, and that was yeah. smoking. This is not smoking, even though you call it smoking cigars. It's not really smoking unless you inhale. And, I mean, Mm -hmm. I've accidentally inhaled, and that was not good. Mm -hmm. Have you inhaled? And that's the thing. Um, I have. So, by accident. but And it it never really goes well, like you said. But (laughs) also, like, I'll do, like, a retrohale sometimes, especially if it's something I haven't had before. I always like to – because I feel like you do get kind of a different taste if you retrohale and you're – Cause you know, you're blowing through your nose. And so it's just a different, uh, <clears throat> and also sometimes like it'll give you that little, you know, the little, the little tip on the cigar that'll kind of escalate your, um, I don't want to say buzz, but you know what I'm saying? Experience. It's yeah. Yes. So I'll do that every night, but it's not something I'm not sitting over here retrohaling. So, but yeah, it's definitely puffing on a cigar. I'm not, uh, and that's, I think one of the biggest things my mom was like, I hate you smoking. Like she always is saying that to me, but like doesn't comprehend the full does just doesn't understand how things work. Uh, so I mean, I'm not yeah, so naive to think that I'm not having some, you know, detriment because I am breathing in probably a lot of secondhand smoke. Oh, absolutely. But and I love it. <laughs> right. But whenever I was a cigarette smoker, I'm not kidding you. I quit smoking uh, cigarettes when I was 35 and. I could get up and take out the trash. And when I got back in the house, I was winded. That's how Mm -hmm. much damage Mm -hmm. it would do to your lungs. And now when I go see my doctor, he's like, well, you know, I got to tell you to quit smoking. And I'm like, doctor, listen to these lungs. They sound fantastic. (laughs) Right. I mean, but do I smoke? Yeah, I do uh, CrossFit. And uh, I mean, I don't really notice much difference as far as like me just taking a long time off and not going. Um, you know, as far as like with cigar smoking, I don't, there's not really my aerobic capacity is it's relatively the same as far as the consistency in which I go. It has nothing to do with the cigars at all. Yeah. That's so. more about if you're hung over, you're not going to be feeling right, good yes. to do CrossFit. Yeah. How exactly. long have you been or doing you CrossFit? Been in three days. Right. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I actually did. Uh, so I started in CrossFit. Gosh, it was, um, so I was I started out at Gold's. Did it, y'all have Gold's where y'all are? We have at? Gold's, Gold's gym. gym. Yeah. So I did uh, Gold's gym. Uh, this was probably four or five years ago, and then um, my father passed away, and I started getting into. They have what they call Gold's Fit, which is essentially like a CrossFit. It's a Gold's Gold's gym version of CrossFit. So they use a lot of kettlebells, lots of dumbbells. Not, not there's not any barbell usage. Uh, but essentially the same programming ish. So I did that. I started competing with that. And How many chin ups can you do? Oh, chin ups, a few. All right. Few. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's my, um, my so. baby brother used to own a CrossFit oh. gym, and he was an instructor mm-hmm. for six years. 
and I hate him. No, no, no. I love him. I love him. But he he's, yeah. he's real into the whole fitness thing, and he invited me and my other brother, and I was like, that's no hell no i'm not doing that crazy shit and then my other brother went and then the next day my other brother called me and was like oh dude you're so smarter than me (laughs) because he was in so much pain yes yeah and so i actually started actual crossfit i did a i actually did a um a prep for a bodybuilding show and my coach who's still my coach i love her to death she gives me meal plans, and then I also did so cardio counted as my excuse me CrossFit counted as my cardio. So that's how I got into CrossFit, like actual CrossFit. So, but I love it. I mean, as far as the training goes. So, but yeah, I tell my one, this is a vice I could use. So that was I nice. tell my brother I'm I'm more CrossFat. <laughs> I haven't heard that. That's actually yeah. Very I'm CrossFat, not fit. But anyway, <laughs> cigars, bourbon. That's all I need. I've been married for 27 years and I've had a really good life. So, you know what? I'm not trying to live longer than what I'm going to live. Can't take it with you when you go. So, I'll just do it while you're here. Awesome. There it is. Well, cool. Well, so tell everybody where they can find you on social media. I know know you from Instagram, but are you on everything else as well? So, I am on, I I guess I am. I'm on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and TikTok. They're all, they're not related at all, but oh, uh, really? so Facebook is just connected. Yeah. Facebook is connected to my Instagram. So everything on my Instagram is on my Facebook, but I literally never check it. I don't even know what's going on over there. It just, because they're linked, it's, it looks like I'm active. I'm absolutely not. <laughs> but, um, so Instagram is where I do most of my things is outlaw underscore or outlaw Lala is my Instagram. Handle. And we're going to put a link in the show corner? notes to your Instagram account. Oh, perfect. Isn't that terrible? I don't, yeah, outlaw underscore Lala. And guys, we have a technical difficulty and she has lost her earphone, headphones, and I cannot hear her. I don't know if she can hear me. Can you hear me? She cannot hear me either. So just in case she doesn't make it back, thank you for joining us. And I'll show the uh, link to her account down in the show notes. And y'all can go check out her account. Say hi. Let her know you saw or heard her uh, interview on Cigar Talk. And uh, so now we'll see if she is going to make it back. All right, guys. So I just got a message from her and she's lost her headphone power. And so that's going to wrap it up for her. So thank you, Becca, for coming on the show. And guys, we'll get right back to the show. So don't go anywhere. All right, guys, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Becca Glover. Thank you so much, Becca, for coming on the show. And uh, it's time for the McAuliffe Minute. Minute, minute, minute. You sound like a frog. Minute, ribbit, minute, ribbit. Minute. See? Okay, anyway, McAuliffe oh, Minute. So every week we do a McAuliffe Minute trivia question, and the winner, we send the email in to McAuliffe, and they send you some McAuliffe swag. Might be a T-shirt. Might be a koozie, might be, I don't know, you know, travel humidor. They got all kinds of swag. They're going to send you something. So anyway, let's get started. Here's this week's McAuliffe Minute. Saturn has seven rings around the planet. What does the number seven have to do with Uranus? Is there a problem? Where 
does this question come from, man? Hey, you know what? It's a science question. I'm trying to educate people around the globe. Do you get the question? You don't understand the question? I understand it, but I'm just like, where, where does this come from? Saturn has seven rings. What does the number seven have to do with Uranus? <laughs> so, it's not going to be a multiple choice this week, folks. <laughs> I wonder why. Uh, the, and here's the rules. You email your answer to rob at cigartalkpodcast.com. It's in the show notes. And uh, the most creative or funny answer <laughs> wins this week. And Rob's the judge. And then, mm, I don't know why that was in there, but anyway. Okay, so that's this week's <laughs> McAuliffe Minute. You all right over there? Yeah. All right. I'm just, <laughs> I'm good. All right, good. So, hey, I'm going to start with my little bit. Yes, sir. Uh, you know what? The history of cigars and the culture in Europe is what I'm going to cover. I thought it was pretty interesting. And, you know, Europe didn't even have tobacco until uh, the, uh, the Spaniards uh -huh. sailed over to the uh, Caribbean. And uh, went on vacation for a little bit. Yeah, vacation? Okay. Yeah. And uh, anyway, they ran into some dudes making cigars. And, you know, cigars were way different back then. They, You know what a cigar was back then? It was just like a rolled up cig uh, leaf. Mm -hmm. Are you aware of that? I can believe it. Like it didn't have a binder and a filler and a wrapper. It was just taking a wrapper and rolling it up and smoking it. And so I thought that was pretty cool. And whenever uh, the Spaniards were over in the uh, Caribbean and Central America, the indigenous people there were smoking tobacco. Uh -huh. And the indigenous people said, you know what, you know what they called them? Cohibas. Oh, so that's where the, that's name, where the name Cohibas comes from. Wow. Yeah. So mm. I thought that was cool. The very first cigar. And so then, you know, the uh, Spaniards loaded up a shit ton of cigars, <laughs> took them over to uh, Europe, How much trying to make a ton? buck. How much is a shit ton? <laughs> well, I like you look at that's a that's a metric measure. You know, that's not standard. We know that's metric. Metric, okay. So it's a metric ton, metric ton. But uh, the thing about it is. I was curious. Okay, so now we have cigars in Europe. Uh -huh. who's, who's smoking them? Uh -huh. And who do you think? Aristocrats. Yes. I mean, not just aristocrats, but all the wealthy, yeah. the elite. Uh -huh. And uh, But anyway, the cool thing is, you know, they didn't have people to make cigars, which is, you know, what they called them. Uh -huh. But so that's what made the price so expensive. I got you. I got but because it just caught on everywhere, yeah. next thing you know, they're like growing tobacco, they're hiring rollers, and they're doing people building boxes yeah. to put them in. <laughs> I mean, so it actually Grew. Like ignites yeah. the economy. And because they streamlined it and then could afford to do it cheaper, uh, they lowered the prices, and then your common man could afford afford them however even then it was still considered a luxury because even if you were you know poor uh -huh. you know it wasn't cheap it, but it was affordable like if you wanted to splurge on yourself yeah. it wasn't like Enjoy the poor it. people's yeah. not smoking four or five cigars every day gotcha. Gotcha. so anyway uh and then 
What are, where are Should I go here? Oh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, square. Okay, that's it. That's the history of European cigars. And then my prediction on cigars for the next 25 years is, you know what? We're going to be faced with a lot of government regulation, and I see that tightening up. I mean, do you see the government regulation getting less? <sighs> no. No. You know what I mean? I mean, from where we were 20 years ago uh -huh, to it, now, it's mm -hmm. like, you know, there's a belt around your neck. <laughs> <laughs> and excuse me. Uh, but, you know, it's like it could still be a lot worse and it probably will get yes, worse. I can see that. I can see paying way more taxes on cigars. That will just piss me off. And I mean, look at California. Or just look at, you know, what they try to put cigar uh, cigars with, which is cigarettes. You know, back in, <laughs> in the 90s, a pack of cigarettes was what, 125 I don't know, because in the 80s, I remember paying uh, 95 cents yeah, a so pack. So there goes the, the evolution to now $6 a pack. Like, Seven dollars a pack. Go down to a premium liquor liquor store, liquor uh, store. <laughs> a tobacco store, uh -huh. and buy some spirits. Oh, ooh, <clears throat> ooh! Or Dunhills. Yeah, you're gonna the, be into a pack for like eighteen dollars. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. About twenty dollars a pack, dude. I remember going to the mall as a teenager uh -huh. and buy going to the old uh, Smokers Haven uh -huh. and buying a pack of clove cigarettes whenever I was in junior high. <laughs> And it was two bucks. And you were buying cigarettes as a junior high. Well, yeah, you didn't look that old at junior high. As a junior high student, dude, they today, don't care today. Oh, today, dude. like you said, here's the here's the progress. Here's here's the evolution of it. Right. It, it, I used to go to the store with a note, and my mother would write on there, uh, "Pack of uh, cool cool filter kings and everything else she wanted me to pick up." And I was as a in elementary school and was able to buy this. This is in the eighties, in elementary still. No, that was the end of the seventies. In the end of the seventies, and I could go to a store with a note and get cig cigarettes. And sometimes, if they knew me, which they did, my dad would send me sometimes to get, get booze. Yeah, yeah, and they would sell it to me because they they knew. I wasn't drinking it because I had Dude, the note. <laughs> I, I remember whenever I was like six or seven, you know, where my dad lived, there were no liquor stores. You had to go on the outside of the county line. Uh -huh. And there was just a lone liquor store. <laughs> one, you know what I mean? There one. was nothing else out there. Yeah, yeah. And we would pull up and my dad be like, uh, run in and give me a 12 pack yep. or whatever. And run I'd in. be like, all right, I'd go in there and there'd be like three or four old men sitting around shooting the shit. Uh -huh. And I'd be like, hey, I'm getting my dad, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, all right, how's he doing? You know, that kind of yeah. shit. Uh -huh. And it, it went on until government got their hands in it. Let me ask you this. Uh -huh. I was thinking about this earlier today. Wasn't life better before mankind, or at least America, was <laughs> focused on efficiency? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. when we get so efficient that we're doing all these things, mm -hmm. text messages, emails, phone calls, and that's just the basics. Yeah. You look at all the apps you're on. You know what I mean? And then it's like, oh, wow. You know what? We were making everything efficient, but now we have so many things that it's just overdone. It's a ball in a chain. Because remember, when, <clears throat> when we went to school, the phone was at home. Yeah. I mean, so you it was on the wall. So you didn't have to worry about getting caught in school with your cell phone because it was, it was at home. And if you called the house 
and nobody answered the phone, guess what? You waited till later on to try to call and catch somebody in the house. <laughs> then we came with the uh, leaving the message. Well, the, we, 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 then we had the answer machine. Yeah, answer machine. That's what I was trying and to say. And then we had the pager. The pay, oh, remember the pager. Right. <laughs> Dude, and remember when it went from just the regular box pages to the ones you could put words on? That that blew people's. But then you go from that to a cell phone in that pager, and then the cell phone starts to do everything that the pager was doing. And, and, and think about just the cell phone evolution of, you, like, my first phone was... I didn't have the brick. You remember the big yeah, bricks? Yeah, the brick. Mm-hmm. That was before my time financially. Yeah. And then I, dude, you had to be rich to buy one. <laughs> yeah, and then you remember the the blue and gray Nokia yes. phone. Everybody yes. had one of those with the snakes game. On. Yes, yes. <laughs> and but do you remember how you would text? Oh, you'd be like four 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 eight 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 seven two one one one. You know, I mean, it was like, and that went on for a long time because my daughter, my oldest. She just turned, she's 27. Her first phone, she was still doing, they still had to do that. And she was so adept at it, she didn't have to look at the phone. We'd be sitting at the table because they knew they couldn't have their phones at the table when we ate, when they would, when they would come visit me during the summer. And her hand would be under the table. And I could. I was like, what is she doing? And then Brian told me, he said, Dad, is she texting? I was like, how is she texting? And you can't, and she pulled it up and just showed me. She said, I hit, the, I know to hit this, this many times. This. I was like, so you know in your mind how many times hit four to get this letter? How many? And you you were doing like it. everybody in the car. We're going to rob a bank. Because <laughs> I'm like, there's no way in the world I would have been able to do that then. I was like, and I was the grown up. Yeah, no. I'm sitting there looking like you got to be kidding me. But you know what? That's the same as typing. And do you look? I don't look when I type because Are you I, serious? I took I took typing in high school and then I took another course when I got my first state. You job. are a 49ers fan. <laughs> I, I, I could type about 40 words a minute. You know what? I can type if I'm like being serious and I'm like zeroed in focused. Uh-huh. I can do about 10. And you look when you yeah, yeah. look. Okay. 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 Yeah. But when I text message, most of the time I'm doing voice to text. Yeah, because it's easier now. Because, well, I mean, think about that, though. You used to have to push the same button multiple times yeah, to select, select a, a letter yeah, of the alphabet, yeah, and yeah. now you can just talk. Dude, driving, I was in my wife's van, and it says, you know, mm. hey, you got an email. Read it mm. to me. Reads it mm. to me. And then it's like, yep. uh, do you want to reply to this email? Yes. Yeah. And it's like, tell Bryant he sucks. And then they're like, all right, good. You want to send? Yeah, send. (laughs) I understand the evolution, how we've gone from stuff that they would especially with the kids today. I'm going to sound old, and you know what I'm going to say? I don't like it. I don't like it. It You know what? I use it. I use it all the time. And see, that's my mindset. That's why. It's taking us away from where we came. Yeah, yeah. And you know and what? Everybody's all excited because you're too p- dependent upon the, the technology, and that's where people have gone. You have people that lose their mind if they leave their phone at home. Oh yeah, me, I leave my phone at home a lot, and I just be like, I ain't turning around to go back and get. It. I get it when I go to lunch. That's how I'm on the, <laughs> on my weekends. I ain't going back to get it. I'm like, 
I'm uh, not working. Uh-uh. So I'm, I'm good. I ain't going back to get it. But you have people that will lose their mind if they leave their phones at home. Now, leaving it somewhere else, I have an issue because then I got to go buy another one. I'm thinking about the money part of it, but just leaving it at home? Nah, bro. I'm good. I know where it is. I get it when I get back there. So Yeah, same. Me on my off days anyway. But anyway... <laughs> Uh, let's jump right into uh, the dry box. Dry we actually box. had a, a friend of the show yes. from Instagram request this. And Matthew. let me tell you something, Matthew. Here's what I don't appreciate. Okay, what you Matthew. About his, uh, no, here's what I'm going to say, Matthew. Uh, he asked me on Wednesday, can you guys go over dry boxing? Tell us what that is. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. That's a great topic. We'll do that. Well, then I show up to the Leaf yesterday, and I tell yeah. Brian, hey, man, you need to get something to talk about for the show tomorrow. He's like, I already got something. I'm like, oh, yeah, what do you got? And he's like, dry boxing. And I'm like, that son of a bitch <laughs> messaged you and me. He knew if you didn't answer, I would. So, Matthew, we're on to you. We are on to your little shenanigans. No, no, no. You know what? I, I love it when yeah. guys say, hey, we'd love to know about this. Yes, yeah, because that's what we're here for. That's what the community is about. That's what we're trying to provide. The same thing that you would get if you were sitting in a lounge. We're not here trying to give you reviews and all this other stuff. We try to give you that lounge talk. That's why it's called what? Cigar talk. Correct? Yeah. 100%. So let's go down. This, I'm going to go down quick about uh, dry boxing. Yeah, because I uh, read what you wrote, and I was impressed, and uh, he's like doing a book report. Yeah, because I got it all of it. But I I'm think I saw a little plagiarism I'm going, going oh, on. Yeah. No, I referenced. <laughs> but dry boxing is as simple as it sounds. You know, you choose a cigar that you want to smoke, and then what they, there are different ways to do it. But what this one was talking about is leaving it out to let it settle. And then it also brought in the topic about those that are overhumidified, that are over 72%. This process allows it to get to a humidification point where you feel like you could smoke it. And their biggest thing, which is why it's called boxing, dry boxing, is not putting it in a humidor, which, which some people do that is not working, a humidor that's not working, but putting it into back into an empty cigar box and closing it and letting it sit anywhere from a, for a few days up to a week. Nobody's... The, the process shouldn't be past a week because then you go into the principle of over drying it, which means that you now you have a cigar that you cannot smoke. But it brings about an opportunity for the cigar to settle, the cigar to be humidified to the point that you feel. Have you ever had to do that? I did it, but I didn't do this this, this exact way. You didn't way. know what you were doing. I, I really didn't. Right. And then by <clears throat> reading, I was like, oh, that's what I did. Because I get cigars in, in box, you know, you order from uh, online, you get them in, in a box, and then you put them in the humidor to allow them to settle and rehumidify to a point where you feel like you, you can smoke them. And then sometimes I had a, pr- a problem where, where that um, the refrigerator that you, that you got, that you gave me, it overhumidified them. And they were like at 75%. I was like, I can't smoke none of these. So what I did was I took the few out and I put them in the, box, in the cigar box. And I just let it sit in my room. And then after a while, because I got that thing with the two prongs on it, you put them in there, they were down to like 67, 68%. And I was like, I can smoke this now. <laughs> and that's what I did. I smoked it. So I've done it too, but I totally did it wrong. You totally did it wrong? Yeah, I mean. How could you do it wrong? I, You're going to tell me, so I need yeah, to shut up. I, I'll take them and I'll set them on the table. 
Oh, no, no. And that's, then, you know, tomorrow, that. right, right, right. Yeah. Well, that's what I was reading. It said, you don't want to do this in a rapid yeah. change. Yeah. You want it to gradually change. And that's the thing about. But I didn't know that. And I was just like, oh, I'll leave it out for a day they, and it'll be down. Yeah. And yeah, I'm sure it was. But it was like, <laughs> it cracks. The yeah. wrapper and, cracks. And that's the over drying now. Right. Which is what you don't fast. want. Yes, that's correct. It's like, that's correct. have you ever heard of that fast freezing or yeah. freeze fast, whatever mm-hmm. it's called? I don't know how that works. Rapid freezing. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know, they that's, do chicken or something that way. Yes, immediately put, put it through this machine, and it's frozen. It's not Anything done, yeah, anything done fast is not good. I had to think of what you could what you could come back with that, and I was like, yeah, that'll be good to say. <laughs> but anything done fast is really not good, especially when you're talking about things that I, I, I view cigars as an investment, and I'm not going to waste my money on them. So if I didn't pay money for them, I'm going to treat them the way they need to be treated. And this is an opportunity to take those that need to be uh, finagled a little bit and do it. And it's actually a process to do it. So, you know, and it, as they say, it's user uh, user preference because you may do it away. I, I may not do it. But the process is still t- the same to bring it back down to a, a humidification level where you feel safe to safe uh, to smoke it. Yeah, and that's where that's all it's about. And I I got a little education about it. I mean, there's some good articles about it. And if you read up on it, you'll find out there are different there are different techniques to doing it. The only technique that they say not to do is the one that Rob said that he did. Just don't leave it out on. Well, the- there's more ways to do it that's not good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could they, be they like in the sun yeah, with a magnifying glass. They definitely said don't do that. Never, never put your cigars in the sun, even if they're in a humidor or in a box. This dude pulled out a magnifying glass. Hey, I'm, I'm like Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> done. My next topic was about something that we would both love because we are both classic car guys. We are. And it's about the Black Ghost. Yep. And yep. I asked you, had you ever heard of never it? Never heard of it. And you never and, heard of it. Tell me, let's, well, when you tell the story, you'll tell I want to know about the year. It is a 1970 Dodge Challenger RT SE. And the story on this car is in the 70s. The owner was an uh, ex-military guy. He had just came back from Vietnam. He was uh, got a Purple Heart over in Vietnam. He was 82nd Airborne. He came back home to Detroit and went straight to a Dodge dealer, and he ordered this car. He ordered a 1970 Dodge uh, Challenger RTSE with, th- listen to this, with. Where, where? Now, when did he order it? In 1971. Okay. Correction, 1970 is when he ordered it. He got it in 1971 because they had to build it. It had... A Dana Sure Grip 60 with 14 410 gears in the rear, floor mounted Hurst pistol grip shifter with a four speed transmission and a super track pack on a 426 engine. What is a super track Hell pack? Hell if I know. That means it's built for racing. For racing. And he would only bring it out in certain times and race street race. In Detroit at night. Wow. And he never lost in that vehicle. He raced against Vets, Chevelles, Mustangs, Camaros. Anything that was up against him, he beat it. What was the first car you said? Vets. Yeah. When you first said that, I was like picturing like eight or nine veterans lined up on the road corvettes gotcha gotcha corvettes that's what i meant corvettes you see that right there up on the wall over there that is a 1958 corvette valve cover he beat everybody and then he they wouldn't see him 
for another two, three, or four weeks. And then he'd come out again and beat everybody and not show up. What was that all about? Because the reason he did this was his his job was a Detroit police officer. Oh, wow. So he couldn't get caught in street racing. Also, he was black. Wow. In the 70s doing this. In Detroit. <laughs> in Detroit. So he, he knew that he couldn't, and it was only him and his friend that knew who he was and knew the truth about this car. And then they said by 76, nobody saw the car ever again. It just stopped showing up. His son, which, which you, who wrote this story, said in 1980, his father took him out to the garage and told him about this car that he had bought. And he said that he knew about it. He pulls back the cover off of it. He said this is this black 1970 Challenger. And what year was this? This was 1980. And he said he called one of his friends, the son, he said he called one of his friends to come over there, and he showed his friend the car, and his friend was like, that's the black ghost. And he was like, what you talking about? He said, man, it's the car that everybody talks about. He, his son didn't even know what he was doing. Nothing. Are you serious? Nothing. His son wow. didn't even know. That's pretty badass. And then it fast forward, he talks about how his father kept it in the garage because in 1977, he went back He went back into the Army and he became a Green Beret. And then four years later, he came back home for good. And he said that in 2004, when it, no, eight, 2008, his dad started getting sick. So his dad told him, go home. He was in the hospital. He said, go home and get the papers on the Challenger. He did. He come back. His dad immediately signed the car over to him. Wow. Are you and, and told him, oh. this was his stipulation, though. It has to stay in the family. You could never get rid of the car. So he still has it. In the original condition it was when his dad put it in the garage, still up under a wow. car. Wow. So he doesn't even go drive it. He doesn't it. even go drive it. And he does say it's drivable. He says he does go, you know, start it up every once in a while to keep the fluids flowing. But he said he never drives it. Dude, I would be driving that thing every weekend. You know, just like me. But here's the thing that makes and it And then even, I'd be dead. <laughs> here's the thing that makes it even more, you know, amazing to me. You know, Dodge next year is their last year of using the Hemis and the, the Hell. And then what are they doing? No, everything is going into electric, man. Electric and V6s. So... Dodge this this year. But you should still be able to buy like crate motors and stuff. Yeah, you know people are going to do that. However, Dodge won't be selling these crate motors. It'd be third parties doing that. Right. So Dodge is going to make a anniversary edition to the the Black Ghost. No yes. shit. Gonna, I see that part. I didn't know. That's going to be the last of the hell. The last of the Hellcats. One of those. Uh, one of those iterations that you can get is the Black Ghost. And they're only going to build like I think eighty of them. You you know that whenever they go electric, they're not going to have a Hellcat. No, they're not going to have a Hellcat. No, they're going to have. Oh, it's going to be the same car, but it's going to be the Hell Kitten. I knew you was going to say something. It's like Hell Kitten. I, I was trying to get y'all prepared for, it, but I knew he was going to say something like that. But. That's the thing that 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 amazed me. I was like, man, Dodge is gonna, you know, applaud, award that car, which in Detroit, where it was made and it was sold, was a street legend. Wow, a nineteen that's badass, yes, dude. Nineteen seventy Challenger. So I got two things before we wrap up tonight. Yes, sir. And so the first thing is I want to say thank you to all of our Patreon members. Definitely. You guys are amazing. The key and the heart to Cigar Talk. They are the heart of Cigar Talk. I'm the ball sack. But uh, anyway, (laughs) uh, the other thing I want to talk about before we go is you know about Shikari Richardson. Yeah. 
We're going to listen to that, and then we're going to get your opinion and my opinion. Okay. Okay? That fair? Good. That work for you, mm-hmm. fudge? Not talk to me like All right, that. here we go, here we go, here we go. So, Shikari Richardson is the American team track star that is like the female version of the bolt. Uh-huh. Like, she is lightning fast. And getting faster. Is she really? Yep. All right, here we go. This is she's on a flight and she gets kicked off American Airlines. <clears throat> Larger carry on luggage. Flying not working today. If you have small vacation time, such as cell phones, tablets, and smart watches, okay. please yeah. switch them. I'm recording me, but you jumped yeah. in my video, so I caught you because you jumped in my video. Your You're harassing me at this point, so I think you should stop. I think you should stop. I think you should stop. You see him, right? Y'all see him, right? Y'all see him, right? Okay. Okay, but I'm sorry. It's not me. Talk to him. No, no, no. Don't talk to me like that. I'm an adult. Do not talk to me like that. Do not talk to me like that. Tell him to stop. If you do not know what's going on, do not yell at me. You can stop recording. No, I'm not going to stop recording because I was making a video to myself. I'm going to not stop recording. And this video will show what you're doing. So I would appreciate it. Who the fuck are you talking to, man? Thank you. Like, no. Watches. Okay. Please switch them. I'm recording me, but you jumped yeah. in my video, so I caught you, you because you jumped in my video. You're harassing me at this point, so I think you should stop. I have to come off the plane. Is he going to be removed off the plane as well? The flight attendant? He's not going to be removed? I'm just trying to understand the situation, so he's not being removed after being unprofessional and having his hand in my face? Alright, so we're not going to watch all of it, but anyway, like, like that doesn't tell me what started it all. No, Do you know? No, Do we I know? Don't, I don't know. Well, then there's nothing to talk about. <laughs> I hadn't watched that before. No, see, the thing is, it's a lot of that going on today, and it's not just with her. It's with everybody. Not everybody, but you know, people that are disrupting these flights. And here's my thing on it. Yes, it's the same thing I tell people when you get pulled over by the police. Do what you're told, and you can argue tomorrow about it. And you can argue tomorrow about it. Or you can but, go home in a body bag. Yeah, and th- that's the problem. Right. Because I'm, I'm, I mean, and I'm being extreme, but, but it's the truth. sometimes something turns in, I mean, nothing turns into something, yeah. and now somebody's dead. Yeah. It, it, as long as they're not asking you to do anything illegal, immoral, or unethical, just do what they tell you to do and go on about your business. You can argue tomorrow. You walk off the plane, you can make you can make a complaint immediately about what went on. And then get on another airline and go wherever the heck you need to go. And and let's let's like zoom out a little bit and look at that scenario where you're saying, you know, you can file a report tomorrow, right? 100%. And then you say well, I filed a report and nothing happened. And then hold up. Okay. Well, how many times have we seen nothing happened after we didn't it file a report? report. And you blew it all out yeah, of proportion yeah. and somebody got hurt. Yeah. It's like it you know what? It. If nothing's going to happen either way, shut up and do what they say. And do what they say. Walk on. File your report. Move on. You have the right to keep going back and say, okay, what is going on with my report? They'll get tired of you coming and they'll do something. But the point is, you you have allowed yourself to get put in a position, if you keep arguing or you keep fighting, to be either to lose your life or no, your freedom or your life. And, you know, and my what thing is, for? I've always, like, 
with authority, you know, been like, hey, how's it going? Love what you guys do. I'm here to make sure that you know that I am going to take whatever punishment I get. Uh I'm not raising hell about it. It is what it is. And just, you know, don't kill me. And I know it's situational. I know it's a lot of things that that go into I've it. been to some pretty crazy uh-huh. uh, situations with law enforcement mm-hmm. multiple times. <laughs> and so, you know what? I But I've also been with people that were like assholes yeah, to the push, cops. And I'm like, push shut that up. La- yeah, to push that label. Yeah. And, push, and you like, and they look like, well, what, what do you mean shut up? Shut the fuck. Dude. That guy pulled over there to call hey, me hey, the N-word 272 don't you, times. Don't you love his, it? His friend was sitting right there yelling, dude, shut up. Hey, how about, yeah, when you are the driver and the moron is the passenger, uh, it's like, get out. I've seen that before. <laughs> get too. out now. And I sit back like, really? And I look at dude, you know he's going to get you a bigger ticket. Oh, man, will you shut up? And he so, can't, and they can't. Yeah. So, okay. like, watching that video just then, you know, shh. I don't know what started it all. I have no context whatsoever. But what I can say is, if I wanted to get on that plane and go to another destination, I'm going to keep my head down and my mouth shut and not be raising hell so I can get there. And move on. You know what I'm saying? And move on. I seen this one where this lady... She had caused a ruckus on the plane, and they were escorting her out, and she was talking noise. She walked right out the door, and she said, I hope the plane crashed and all y'all die. You should have seen how fast that captain ran from that cockpit. He ran out there and met her in the in the in the walk, whatever that thing is, the walkway, whatever it is. And there was some you can hear some yelling out there, and it was a male voice. Now it wasn't a female wow. voice. And then he came back in and went right back up to the calmly walked back up to the cockpit. And he got on the speaker and said, Well, she's dead. <laughs> I no, killed he her. He didn't say that. <laughs> what are you why? Yeah, that's dude. Why? I mean, if I'm I mean, I'm I'm not even superstitious, but if I'm sitting and I hear that, I'm like, mm, yeah. you know what? <laughs> Let's not get jinxed. I'm, I'm catching the next flight. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I was hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little bit too much to drink. I, I'm going to exit it on my own. <laughs> so, you know, ah, you it's know. just life. It, but you it's, know what? it's like we were talking about earlier. All the distractions, oh, yeah, all just you know, she's like doing videos and mm-hmm. filming it, and for her post, she says, and for what, just handle it a different way. And, it, and the way to do it is okay, this is what you want, all right, I'll leave. And then think about this I mean, what if it had escalated to the point where. American Airlines says, you know what? You're banned from our airline. Mm -hmm. Who have you hurt? You've just screwed yourself. Not them. Right. They don't care. Not them. Yeah. I don't understand people that don't get that, but that's going to be the end of the show, folks. So until next time, keep smoking. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails.
Tell me how again.